Dusky goes through it again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? We're back with another European edition of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League, Bundesliga, and of course, with the European editions, Champions League. But nonetheless, today, with me as always, the goal-scoring record to my Erling Haaland, Billy. Kid's not human. He just isn't, is he? This week, we have, well, there's a lot to pick through. Haaland is a handful for Sevilla. There's a shock as Porto beat Juve. Barca, they're on top, but they're blunt as anything. And what crisis at Liverpool? Which one do you want to start off with? Do you want, do you want to go straight into Tuesday's matches and do a nice little chronological one? Might be nice. Go, go on then. Seeing as we use them in the intro, we'll start with Dortmund against Sevilla. Oh, yeah. Well, you said it already, didn't you? He's just not human. I mean, the kid has scored 20 goals in 14 Bundesliga matches. Bundesliga matches? Champions League matches. Just just for perspective, right? Messi needed 46. And it's funny, though, because Mbappe is the youngest to reach 25 with that penalty he scored against Barca. Yeah, but he's Guaranteed. I was going to say, it can guarantee by the end of the quarterfinals, it'll be Haaland. Well, to be fair, he'd need to score five goals across two legs. And, you know, the quarterfinals aren't exactly getting easier. Yeah, but he absolutely bullied Sevilla. I'm sorry, that one goal that got disallowed for him, uh, like, apparently checking the guy. I'm sorry, that, that's just the guy going down Spanish style. Like you say, that's... That's weak defending from Diego Carlos. It's got nothing to do with a foul on on him. It's just weak and I'm sorry, he's just that's that's the physicality that you get in the in the Spanish league. That is just it is zero physicality. If he tried that in the Premier League, he'd get bullied the hell out of every match day. I'm sorry. It's just not up there. Well, can we can we talk about the uh, <laughs> the the mental? What was it seven minutes or something like that, where he scored the goal? It was then disallowed, but a penalty was given for a shirt pull on him two minutes prior. He took the penalty, was saved by Bono, and he had like, he had some mouth to Harland. He had a you know something to say to him. The penalty's then retaken because Bono was off his line. Harlan scores it just and has mouth back to Bono. And then all the the Sevilla players chase him up the line. I'm sorry, but what do the Sevilla players think they're going to achieve by that? He could, he literally would manhandle the whole Sevilla team by himself. He's just that much of a machine. You're not going to tell me that any Spanish team has the physicality needed to even come close to taking on Haaland. Even if it was 11v1. Like, I'm sorry, he is the Terminator. Simple as. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But, so oh, it was a fairly comfortable game. But, to be honest, for the first 20 minutes, 
it was all severe. And Chris, uh, Schultz is absolutely awful. Yeah, okay. I mean, he, you saw the way he got spun by Sane in the uh, in the Classica. You know, it's I've said it time and time again. Schultz is a decent left back for like a mid-table club. Like for Hoffenheim, he was solid. You know, Hoffenheim, I see why he would start every game because he's a solid left back. But now, you know, I'm sorry. The guy's just not Champions League material. And I've already been asking myself why that guy makes it to the German national team year in, year out. It's, it's beyond me. And he's, I just don't think he's got more than a bench warmer spot in Dortmund to begin with. It's just, he just doesn't seem like the type of player who fits Dortmund's ambitions. That being said, Dortmund obviously woke up. And, you know, if it hadn't been for the two goals they did concede late in the match, I would have said comfortable win for Dortmund. But, you know, they just, or as sad as it sounds, they pulled a Dortmund. You know, they yeah. just concede stupid goals. And that's the story of their season, though, isn't it? But it really it, is. it's no surprise to me that those two goals came about after Lopetegui brought on Luke de Jong and Alejandro Gomez. I mean, Luke de Jong, we already saw on the first leg, he'll, he's good for any minute. Sub him on in the 89th minute, he'll score you a 90th minute goal. And Papu Gomez has that little something extra. Yeah. I mean, he brought on both. So I also think it's interesting uh, that, you know, Ivan Rakitic didn't start. I would have thought the um, expertise and experience that he brings to the uh, he would bring to that Sevilla side is something that you need, especially if you're a goal down in in the round of sixteen. But you know, I was hooked off in the last game though, which I could probably understand because he made Modahud look like prime Iniesta. Yeah, I mean, he also let that uh, let Modahud score an absolute screamer. That's just unforgivable. But especially because it made you eat your words, right, Bill? Yeah, exactly. How dare you? <laughs> but it was after it was after that penalty incident. I was like, ah, oh, this game over. And I turned over to the next game. Which is probably the smartest choice you made. After you watched all the boring games, the first leg, you got to see all the good parts. I guess it's it's it only seems fair. And I watched all the boring games yesterday. So yeah, it seems it, it's only fair. It is only fair. I turned it over just as Chiesa. Uh, he took it round the Porto goalkeeper. Oh, and it was a last... Into, yeah, that in-step finish. Yeah. And then after that, it was just... The head... I didn't see the first goal in real time. But the first goal was class. The second goal, in my opinion, is even better. The header with the cross from Quadrado. See, I'll argue the exact opposite. I think that the way he takes it first time wraps it around. I mean, Ronaldo, he he doesn't mean to lay it off, but he sees that Chiesa's in a better position and just leaves it for him and simultaneously also blocks the defender a little bit from having a clear line of sight to Chiesa. So 
I think it was just a great passage of play. And it, sh- it showed that Juve had a spark or have a spark, you know, of brilliance. But the problem is they failed to show that spark of brilliance over 200 minutes or 210 minutes to be exact. I don't know what it is about Juve at the moment because they've got perfectly capable side, perfectly decent players. See here, I'm going to argue the exact opposite. Because remember what I said after the first leg. I said that Juve team does not have a Champions League winning side in them. And it is not the sort of team that will be winning anything anytime soon. Because I'm sorry, but you know, you've got a you've got Quadrado playing at right back. What? <laughs> a center back pairing of Bonucci and Demirai, given, you know, obviously Delict had some prior injury, which is why he wasn't starting. But I'd argue Bonucci passed it. Demirai is a... Now, he's just not fit for Champions League, is he? And Sandro is basically just the left back that for for the life of me, I cannot understand why half the Premier League was chasing him a couple of years ago. I really don't. Because he just is not anything worth talking about, really, in my opinion. Then they go and... Um, they go and buy Atua from Barcelona, which I guess was a smart swap because Pjanic was seven years older, is seven years older than Atua, and they were getting some youth in there. And arguably, Atua is already a decent midfielder. But Adrien Rabiot, we said it last time around, the last European edition, he was a Chelsea, uh, sorry, Chelsea reject. It happened so often on this podcast that we have to talk about a Chelsea reject. But <laughs> Anyways, um, Rabiot, PSG reject. There's a reason they didn't ex- extend his contract. Um, City reject as well. Oh, there you go. There's a little fun fact that even I didn't know. So I, I don't understand it. And I think the most telling stat was Ronaldo comes from Real Madrid and now three years running has failed to advance to the quarterfinal of the Champions League. And I mean, Ronaldo is literally Mr. Champions League. He's won the he's won the damn thing five times. Yeah, okay. I, I find it really difficult to argue with that. And as much as I love the man, he will always be my first love. <laughs> I do kind of have to say the goal that sent Porto through was kind of his fault, or he could have Oh, God. He could have prevented it. Because in the wall, he turns his back, which is weak anyway. And he's like, come on, man. You're experienced enough. You're good enough to know. Just don't do it. Yeah, obviously. But I think putting that blame on him for the wall, it might be a little far in the sense that you know, we've seen so many teams do it now. You know, you put the man on the ground and like lying behind the wall. So that if the guy does choose to put that, choose to use that option, that's also a block. And, you know, it was already made popular when, when was that? Bar- I think it was Barcelona. No, it was, yeah, it was Barcelona, Liverpool. 
or anyways, it was it was the it was the same season Liverpool won the Champions League, but um and Barcelona were playing against someone, I forget who. I want to say it was even no, it was Inter, that's the one. And it was uh it was Brozovic who went and laid down, and then basically Suarez fired it on the ground, and Brozovic, you know, ended up blocking it. So we've seen it two years ago, and ever since then, everyone seems to put someone in the on the ground there in the wall. Why don't Juve do it now? I don't know. It, they there was barely anyone back in the box to be honest, because the free kick was wasn't so far out that it was unscorable. It was it was quite far out. It was quite far out. So maybe they're thinking it will just go straight to the keeper and we can break. But Chesney's got to be keeping that out as well. Uh, I was about to say, that that brings me to my next point. Why the UA team is also not going to win any Champions League titles is because they just don't have a world-class goalkeeper in net. Simple as. Chesney has to be keeping that out. Any world-class goalkeeper, any top-five goalkeeper keeps that out. And as long as that's Juve have Chesney goal, I don't think they'll win Champions League. And I also think that the project or the gamble of buying Ronaldo just hasn't paid off and they should probably sell him this summer. But who do you sell him to? United. I mean, oh, don't. I'm just saying, you know. (laughs) It's the... It's the hope that kills you. Exactly. Doesn't Edinson Cavani have the number seven? Bin him off. Give Ronaldo that. Bin him off the Boca Juniors. Exactly. I mean, in all honesty, though, either for Ronaldo at this point, there I'd say there are three options. And none of them involve staying at Juve, by the way. Ooh. So option number one, the aforementioned United move, which is just, you know, one for the romantics. Billy, I know you're one of them. Too right. Option number two, another one for the romantics, goes back to his boyhood club, Sporting. But can Sporting afford it? Okay, let's be let's be real. Ronaldo could probably afford, like, if he wanted to, Ronaldo could afford to pay off his own transfer fee and go back to his boyhood club and basically tell them, pay me like 2.5 million a year. I don't care. I just want to play. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just a bit of breaking news while, while we're recording. Uh, it's Leipzig related. So the Ajax player, Brian Broby. Broby. Sure. Brian Broby, he will join Leipzig as a free agent. Oh, and he did score for Ajax tonight in the Europa League. But Ajax, I mean, sorry, Leipzig are loving that. Well, that's the thing. Surely that's been agreed beforehand. Okay, I just guess it's. I mean, he. I think he's one of those buys again that are typical of Leipzig relatively unknown talent. I mean, he's 19 and he's a winger. That's, I mean, that's literally, is literally like the typical RB Leipzig buy. Well, it's like when they signed Alamola Lookman, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, back to the Champions League. True. So we were just uh, getting through the fact that Juve are never going to win Champions League and 
Yeah. Um, no, but so yeah, basically do, the third option for Ronaldo, the third and final option, the U.S. Join David Beckham, play for Inter Miami, make a couple of big bucks there, have a solid life in Miami. I mean, he can afford it. He can. The only issue I have with that is, do you not think he's still not got ambitions to be at the top? He probably has ambitions to be at the top, which is why I'd say the of those three moves, the United move would probably be the, the most likely. But that being said, or I, I strongly doubt the fact that Ronaldo will leave this summer, but I personally think he should. Because the project at Juve just hasn't worked out for him. And I don't, he's got a contract till 2023. So I doubt the project at Juve to win the Champions League will come to fruition. I just don't see it happening. They don't have the squad to do so. And I highly doubt that they're going to take, be able to take a bunch of money into their, into, into a war chest and spend it to get the players they need. And then also get the, you know, Pirlo to make something of that. I mean, we've, the thing is, we've also not talked about Pirlo at all. Like everyone seems, you know, everyone reveres him because of, because of his status as a player. But I think he's, that's also a little bit down to his inexperience as a manager. Well, he was appointed as the, what was it? The under 23s coach or the under 18s coach or something like that. Under, yeah, under 23s. Yeah. And then, Sari gets the sack. So he wasn't even supposed to be there as first team coach. The, there was the, the plan probably to bring him in eventually, but you give him some time as an under-23s coach. The, the current first team manager at the time was deemed not good enough. And it was this time last year, wasn't it? After yeah. they got knocked out by Leon. Yeah. And they sacked Maurizio Sari. And then you've got Pirlo, who's had, what, two, three months or something with the under-23s, thrust into the main job. Yeah, no, he's. I think he's the inexperience is catching up. And I think that's also one of the reasons why many pundits and many of the press, and I think also were kind of shying away from going after him because he's still learning as he's doing. And I think it's, I think it's, decent to be that that someone's giving a manager who's you know not got that much experience a little bit of time so i don't think Pelo will be getting the sack but i think just for all these reasons that juve just aren't you know part of europe's elite anymore at this point well there we go so we've spoken about a champions league quarterfinal without ronaldo should we discuss one without Lionel messi as well yeah. Okay. So we will be jumping a little bit around, jumping around a little bit, but yeah, let's, let's just launch into PSG Barca really. Um, first quarterfinal of the champions league that will not feature either Ronaldo or Messi. You could almost say it is poetic as all hell that the boys Haaland and Mbappe are the ones who are putting their teams through and breaking the records simultaneously while doing it. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think either of them will ever be Messi or Ronaldo level. You say I, that? I don't think any of them are winning five Ballon d'Ors or six Ballon d'Ors. No. I mean, Mbappe is already done more at international level, but that's because he plays for France. You know, Haaland won't win anything with Norway. Okay, here's an interesting one. It's a little bit off topic for this episode, but has the era of Messi and Ronaldo dominating the Ballon d'Or officially come to an end? Because I do not see either of them winning the Ballon d'Or in any form or fashion or the FIFA the best award in any form or fashion this season. They just don't deserve it. Not this season, but I don't think... I don't think their era is necessarily over. It depends on career moves. Because there's all that, um, you know, Messi could... They've Barcelona have got a new president and all these young kids coming through. Messi could be the, the senior head for that new Barcelona team. Let's say if Ronaldo leaves Juve, he might have a better chance. But I don't know. I mean, they're both playing in teams that have definitely gone on a downward spiral in the last two years. But that's to no fault of their own because they're both still scoring consistently, but you can't... There's only so many holes you can plug with one one player. Speaking of scoring consistently, how about that screamer from Lionel Messi? I, I believe your exact words were, he's hit that like it owes him money. Exactly my words. But then he completely negates anything he's done by missing that penalty. So it's like, well, you might as well have just scored a tap in and not bothered. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. It's the same kind of deal with when uh, with what you're taught when you're a goalkeeper. If you make an unreal save, but then you screw up the basics, you might as well not make that unreal save. Always get the basics right before you get the hard stuff right. And sorry, Messi, but... You may have scored a screamer, but missing a penalty like that. I mean, it was just, it was such a bad penalty. Woefully placed. I mean, he made it easy for Kayla Navas. And Kayla Navas obviously looks like a freaking beast doing it because he saved a penalty from Lionel Messi. But if we're being honest, that was probably one of the worst penalties Lionel Messi has ever taken. Uh, Yeah, but Joe Hart saved the Lionel Messi penalty before. So it doesn't necessarily make you a good goalkeeper. Fair enough. But if Fair we're talking, <laughs> if we're talking woeful, I would like to throw Usman Dembele in the ring. How Dortmund got 120 million euros for that guy is absolutely criminal. He didn't look a hundred. He didn't look. He didn't look like he was worth 120 p yesterday. Couldn't hit a cow's ass with the fat end of a banjo. Couldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat, if you prefer. I mean, I'm in complete agreement with you. Yeah, 105 million Dortmund got for him. And Michel's talk must be laughing so much in that Dortmund exec office. Like, it is unbelievable how they got that much money from him. If if you want to make it, make it sound that way, he got it or they sold him at the exact perfect time yeah i can argue you can argue that but he just 
oh, it's just so frustrating because Barcelona had so many opportunities in that first, like, 20 minutes. He could have had, like, three. Yeah. Crap finishing. He's got no composure about him at all, that lad. And it's another one of those players that fits my list of people only like him because he's good on FIFA. Pace merchant. Literally, he's pace merchant, and he, I think he's got like five star skills on FIFA or something like that. And people absolutely love him purely because of that. He's absolute trash in real life. It's hard to argue with that, really. And then the penalty PSG, I just, uh, I can't with VAR anymore. I mean, yeah, he does stamp on his on his heel, which well, he's is like I think... eight feet away from the ball, like. He's never getting yeah, that but ball a, in a million Yeah, years. I know, but a foul is foul. Oh, and do you know what the worst thing about it as well? It was English officials. I'm not even remotely shocked that that was given. And you've got <laughs> Anthony Taylor as refereeing. Oh, David Coote on VAR. That man could not organise a piss-up in a brewery. <laughs> oh, boy. And I'm not going to say Barcelona were robbed because they were so bad up front. Everyone, I was watching it yesterday and they were all like, oh, Barcelona, they played really well. They put on a really good show. No, they didn't. If they put on a good show, they would have won. Like, come on. Now, let's the, not kid ourselves you, just because yeah. it's the great Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, you did say you want to hear something woeful. Let's talk about that woeful shot conversion right? I mean, Jesus Christ. What did it get down to in the end? Total shots. Here we go. So just, just let's have this. Barcelona had 21 total shots, 10 shots on target, and a shot accuracy of 47.6%. I mean, but here's the thing they had so many clear cut chances. Like the one that Dembele had, he didn't put a shot on target, but it was a clear cut chance. And that's what the statistics won't show you. Yeah, and it's honestly the the people who get off on expected goals would have looked at that and gone, "Oh my god!" They would have gone in at halftime, Barcelona with an expected goals of about six or something like that. And it's like, oh, more than that, more than that. Expected goals is such utter, utter poppy bullshit. Oh uh, yeah, I was trying not to swear, but yeah, it drives you to it, doesn't it? People go like, it really oh, does. yeah, but they had an XG of like nine goals a game. Like, yeah, but they but didn't win, did they? <laughs> nothing. And honestly, as much as I enjoy watching Messi and as good as that Barcelona team of like 2007 to 2011 12. was, I'm all for them being crap for a while. <laughs> Let Real Sosia dad and Valencia go back up top or something like that. Via Real. Let's go on. Via Real. Via Real. Up the boys. Um, I think we also can't get around talking about how dismal the PSG performance was because where was the PSG that took the game to Barcelona and killed them 4-1? I mean, that same team was just nowhere to be found. They didn't play like they were anywhere remotely close to being Champions League favorites. They sat back and defended. I think maybe there's a little bit of this tie's already over, isn't it? Type. 
mentality going on. And yeah, you can't really have that in the Champions League because any competent finisher puts most of those Dembele chances away. I was about to say, you put Messi in, the, uh, in there and then all of a sudden those go- those all turn into goals. But, you know... But the thing that annoyed, uh, yeah. the thing that annoyed, annoys me is how Levin Kazawa still gets a game of football. Uh, it's beyond me. That's, that's also one of the things that I think is going to be PSG's kryptonite all day, every day, because their attack is definitely Champions League title worthy, but their defense just isn't. Marquinhos is good. Presnel Kimpembe on his day can be really good. But the fullbacks, Alessandro Florenzi, no, he's just like, he's just an Italian Kieran Trippier or something. He's not, no, he's worse than Kieran Trippier. I'd rather have <laughs> Kieran Trippier. And oh, Levin Kuzawa is, oh my God, I bet PSG are gagging for Serge Aurier back. I mean, I would be, even though Serge Aurier has the one or two, you know, tantrums, if you will, like storming off at halftime. Um, he's still a better player than Levin Kozawa. Yeah, all day, every day. Do you do you want to have that conversation? Which conversation? Have, do you want to have the, the Haaland or Mbappe conversation? Ooh. Who, so who would you rather have in the team? Haaland every day of the week. Yeah, I think uh, there are arguments to be made because Haaland just has already proven that he can do this in a league that is not a farmer's league. Well, that's the thing. As good as Mbappe is, and I'm not saying he's a bad player, you know, don't at me on Twitter or don't anything on Instagram because I won't reply. I don't care. Don't don't email the AT Sports Gmail. <laughs> don't email us because I won't reply. I'll just delete it. But you won't even let me reply to it. Jesus, he's a good player. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not Come debating on, that. Scoring goals in the French league is utter utter trash. You look how bad Memphis Depay was in the Premier League. He's now banging them in for Lyon. That's got nothing to do with how how bad he he was. United, it's got everything to do with how difficult the league is in general. I'd, I'd wager that Mbappe would struggle in Germany, he'd probably struggle in Spain as well, definitely struggling in the Premier League. I'm not sure about struggle, but he would not be banging them in left, right, and center, if that makes sense. Oh, no, there'd be no I still think he's got season. Yeah, I, I still think he's he'd have a definite. Definitely have you know a very good season still, but and be and be a very good player. But I don't think he would score you know left, right, and center. You know the thing is, Haaland's already proven he can do it against the best of the best. Like I mean, he put two past Bayern for crying out loud. Given Mbappe, this season, Mbappe missed that golden chance in the Champions League final. I mean, to be fair, you if you, if you got Nara in front of you, then you kind of are. That's a different. That's a different ball game. <laughs> I don't know. I think we've seen a lot of players like Mbappe, quick, skillful. You know, one comes along every three weeks, but there's very few players that score with the consistency of Erling Haaland. The type oh, yeah, of I mean, goals yeah. that he scores, i.e., you know, every kind of goal, <laughs> and with. Oh, I, I, well, you said it in the intro. He's just not human. He's like he's he the was first yeah. in a lab. He's the first player to score a brace or more 
in four consecutive Champions League match- matches. You know, no Ronaldo's done that. No Messi has done that. No Mbappe's done that. I mean, Haaland breaks Mbappe's records. That's what I mean. You know, Mbappe got the youngest player to 25 goals. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll give Haaland, what, three more games? Four tops? <laughs> and he'll beat it? You know, it, yeah. I, I've had this conversation with other people, and it's like, oh, would you not take Mbappe? It's like, well... If I wanted a quick, pacey forward, no, because United have Marcus Rashford. Yeah, yeah. But very few teams have a player like Haaland. I'm happy to say that the team I support have an exact player like Haaland. <laughs> yeah, right. I was about to say, I mean, the only player who could probably best Haaland at this point and he did so last weekend is Robert Lewandowski. And I mean, that just goes to show what a, what a season he's having. But this is a Champions League episode. So we'll get back to that. Who now, after seeing those this round of matches, who now would be your favorite? Would PSG still be in the top three? No, not playing like that. Fair enough. I, I would have said the same thing. Honestly... No one from this week's games would be my favorite. Okay, from this week's games, yeah. I'll I'll let you... I'll I'll ask the same question next week again. But, um, yeah, I don't see this week any of those teams making it through. That's what I mean. And we'll talk Liverpool in a sec, but Dortmund have the capacity to be ridiculous, but also have the capacity to be woeful at the back. Yeah, yeah. Porto, as good as it was, you'd like to think Lightning wouldn't strike twice if they got another big team. Yeah. PSG, I mean, come on. They play like they did in that second leg. They'll get bent over by any competent team. Yeah. But let's talk Liverpool-Leipzig because... You know, that's just that's just not a team in crisis. You would think watching that, that performance that, that didn't look like a team who had only scored one goal at home in 2021. That looked much like the Liverpool that you know was winning all the time up until 2021. That looked so much like the Liverpool we knew from 2020 and 2019. It was Leipzig had you know about. Mm, seven to eight percent more possession but liverpool just did so much more with it i mean leipzig were just harmless way too harmless to even be remotely close to turning that tie around and you know you have to say liverpool were ruthless 70th minute bang one nil 74th minute bang two nil game over it's quite funny to me and i know you probably won't find this funny and i only find it funny out of a not a little bit a lot of bitterness in me (laughs) <laughs> that since Bayern have announced the signing of Dea Upamancano, he's conceded four goals to arguably the worst Liverpool team in about four years. An injury hit out of form Liverpool team that recently lost to Fulham. We just said they played like they did in 2019 and 2020, okay? <laughs> okay, that's fine. But I, I, it does speak volumes of Leipzig when the four substitutions that they make are the four forward players. 
I don't, don't ask me why. I think Yuya Nagelsmann kind of miscoached in that match. Well, before we talk Liverpool's goals quickly, a little uh, little bit of a rumour knocking around on Twitter is that Hansi Flick's favourite for the Germany job and your boys want Julian Nagelsmann. I don't want it. I don't want it to happen. Here's the thing, though. There is... The... With, with, with Hansi Flick, there are three pros to him going to Germany and becoming German national team coach. I mean, one, he was already the uh, co-manager to Yogi Löw and also became a World Cup winner. So he knows the whole Germany team inside out. He's got a massive block of Bayern players who he knows extremely well. And he's also won every title there is to win with Bayern in his first season. Arguably, he won't be hungry for titles anymore. So those are the reasons speaking for that. Reasons speaking against, he's only been manager for a year. You know, he's just signed another big contract till 2023. Uh, maybe. Arguably. It's a weird one. No. But let's go back to Liverpool because yes. how bad they've been they looked a different beast last night. And I think it's probably to do with the fact Fabinho is playing his preferred position. Yeah, yeah. I it was you still have to you still have to concede the fact that Leipzig had a couple of good chances, which Alisson made an unreal save on that on that um second shot by Danny Olmo. But all in all, Liverpool just deserved that game. And they deserved to, to be through. And as you said, Fabinho, not playing centre-back, but finally playing in his preferred defensive midfield position again, may have, done, may have done something. Because, I mean, Liverpool had Williams in their back line. Uh, and they still managed not to concede. Nat Phillips. Not Neko Williams. Nat, oh, Jesus. Liverpool still had uh, Phillips in their back line and managed not to concede. So it was great. Have you seen, you must have seen this, the clip from The Simpsons where someone throws Ralph Wiggum through the window and he's like, I'm a brick. Yeah. It was like that. It was like Nat Phillips throwing himself at a header to try and get his clean sheet. It was just, he, he looked rather competent. (laughs) <laughs> and having watched him play against United in the FA Cup, he didn't look at all like a confident centre-half. But he... As much as I don't want it to be, this is probably a corner for some of those Liverpool players. It helps having Diogo Jota back as well. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, I think that should probably be fully fit. That should be Liverpool's front three from going forward. Yeah. The fab take, three now is uh, no longer contains Firmino. Yeah, but take him out. Yoga Joga. Yeah. I mean, Jota is also, I mean, he showed with, I mean, he hit the bar, I think it was. Yeah. Yesterday. And he got the assist for Salah's goal. Exactly. And after, after that, they Liverpool went up another gear, and Leipzig sort of stood around like, "Oh, did well, that just did that just happen?" 
Yeah. I mean, they had a few chances, but at the end of the day, you just you just have to concede the fact that Leipzig are still a project and they're still, they're just not at Liverpool's level. They just aren't. But, okay, I want uh, an objective view on this from a German national such as yourself. Mm-hmm. So the four players they brought on yesterday, Amadou Haidara, Alexander Soloff, He Chan Huang, and Justin Cliver. Well, Haidara is a he's a center midfielder. Okay, but all of them really aren't good enough. Uh, Justin Kluivert, I'd argue, give him a, a, another season because this is his first season still. Charlotte, we've both been critical of, and we've both said he. You know, he did it in the Turkish League, but that's the Turkish League. So could I. Yeah. Haidara, I'd argue that he's probably got the quality for Leipzig, but he still needs to work on it. He doesn't have the quality to be in the Champions League quarterfinal, put it that way. He has the quality to put Leipzig maybe up to third or fourth, but probably not the quality to give Leipzig a chance at a Bundesliga title, put it that way. And Huang, he's almost too much of a, too much of an unknown, really. I don't know. I think they were building something at Leipzig, and now you know Werner went. Upa Meccano's going. They'll probably lose someone else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, as sad as it is, I think a lot of the top German teams were taking out Bayern. Obviously, just still have that mentality of, you know, we're a springboard for young talent, and that's sort of what the Bundesliga is becoming. The Bundesliga is the springboard to get to the Premier League, so to speak, and to make it to the top league. And you know that that that's what's going to give Bundesliga that that um name really of still being you know the second best league in the world or still being a farmers league because no other team other than Bayern are managing to build something that lasts a while. Well it's quite interesting. Yeah. Well, on, on that note, it's probably quite a good place to leave it for this week. I was about to say, yeah. Obviously, we finish up next week with City, Gladbach, Real Madrid, Atalanta, Chelsea, Atletico, and Bayern, Lazio. We're kind of hoping that none of those matches turns into a snooze fest, but I'm sorry. Chelsea, Atletico last week. And then Bayern have basically already won that tie, so... Oof. Could be a couple of snooze fest matches in there. But we will still be around to present another European edition. But before that comes out, we will obviously have our next normal episode coming out next Monday with all the goodness of the next Bundesliga and Premier League match days. Keep your eyes peeled for that. And of course, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow, comment on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages we are posting daily content with all the latest breaking news and little anecdotes here and there and also make sure to head over to spotify google podcasts or check out our rss feed and have a listen of all our other episodes thank you very much for listening guys keep calm love the beautiful game